Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Julie Ryan back with us. She was uh, with us back in April of 2019 when we talked about angelic attendance. Julie's an inventor, author, entrepreneur, podcaster, medical intuitive, psychic whose learned skills have helped countless families understand the side of the dying process. This process involves angels, multitudes of deceased family and friends, the spirits of diseased pets, and countless and miraculous moments that are all part of a prescribed series of events that she calls the 12 phases of transition. The information that Julie conveys brings peace at a time that seems filled with anything but peace right now and a new way of those that have left behind to embrace life through what they learn about the experience of death. Julie, welcome back. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Same to you, George. Thanks so much for having me. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas to you and all your listeners. Always a great scene. I had you back in April of 2019, but when you get close to Christmas, it's kind of fun talking about angels, isn't it? Absolutely. Really is. And how have you been? Terrific. Thanks. Wonderful. I'm in Birmingham, Alabama, so greetings from Sweet Home, Alabama. Super, super. So you're you're still doing your medical intuitiveness. That That has helped you a lot with everything else you've done, hasn't it? Well, I help a lot of people all over the world. I'm able to, I'm like a human MRI, George. I can <laughs> see in my mind's eye medical conditions and help facilitate energetic healings, which help people figure out what's going on and then heal what their symptoms are. It's how, an adjunct to medicine, as we know it, Western medicine. How did that intuitiveness start for you? I learned how to do it. I'm not one of those psychics who's had dead people chasing her since childhood, or if I did, I didn't know it, let alone what I would have done with it. But I learned how to do this. And uh, so I just took classes for six years and paid the equivalent of what it would cost to get a Ph.D. or an M.D., and now I teach people all over the world how to do what I do. You find that the more you do it, the better you get? Or do you plateau? Oh, Are you at a point? Absolutely, yes. I see new healings come in really a lot, uh, if not daily, certainly several times a week. I, I probably work with oh, upwards of 2,500 people a year between my radio show podcast and also individual clients helping doctors and individuals diagnose conditions and then helping heal what those conditions are. I know when our executive producer, Lisa, was talking to me a year ago about uh, your book, Angelic Attendance, I jumped at that opportunity. And so when she called up and says, do you want Julie Ryan back on? I said, sure. What she's got, what's, what's going on? She says, angel messages for dogs. And I went, what? <laughs> so I will, I will ask you that question. What? <laughs> Yeah, well, George, I as I mentioned, I'm a. You mentioned in in my introduction. Thank you for those kind words. I am an I'm a businesswoman who learned how to do woo woo, and I'm a buffet of psychicness. So part of what I do is I not only work on humans, but I work on pets as well. And again, I'm like a human MRI. I can see in my mind's eye ailments and torn ligaments and broken bones and different kinds of ailments in animals and help facilitate healing. And I was inspired to write a series of children's books. It started Uh last year with Angel Messages for Kids, and then this year I came out with Angel Messages for Dogs. And it's just, 
a children's book, a picture book. It's beautifully illustrated. It's just darling. And it's angels talking to dogs and, and giving them information that helps small children understand not only dogs, but also spirits. Well, there's no question that dogs convey all kinds of things for humans. I mean, uh, they're being used now for COVID-19 patients to kind of calm people down and make them feel better. They've been used to sniff uh, cancer victims, helping doctors. Uh, they are, I see them on planes with people, comforting people as support dogs. And, and of course, people have them as pets. Tell me about the angelic tie-in to dogs. Well, how this really came about was I have so, have had so many moms over the years, George, tell me or ask me, actually, can you help me explain to my child what happens when a loved one dies? Because we'll tell little Johnny, well, Grandma's in heaven now, and, he'll, and they'll be at the funeral home for the visitation hours, and, and little Johnny will say, well, Mom, Grandma's asleep in that box over there. And then I've had moms say to me, how can you... Help me explain to my child that he knows things about past lives that we can corroborate with historical data that we can find online, and this child can't even read yet. And can you help me explain to my child that my child can see deceased loved ones who come to visit them in their bedroom at night, and they know the name, and they know this person's information that there's no way they could know because the person's been dead for 20 years. Can you help me explain that? So that's really how the Angel Messages children's book series started. Oh, that's a great message. And angels, of course, in your opinion, are what? Angels are just energy, George. They are uh, like everything. Everything's made up of energy, vibrating at different Mm -hmm. levels. And I'm a cradle Catholic. I went to 12 years at Catholic schools, so angels look to me like they do in depicted in paintings and statuary. To someone perhaps that's raised in a different culture, like an, an indigenous tribe in the Amazon, they may appear as a purple blob of energy, but they're just energy, and they're, they're divine messengers, they're protectors, there are fabulous stories throughout mankind. I think angels are, mes- are, angels are mentioned in the Bible, I believe, 273 times is what the number was when I looked it up, and they are in all cultures, all religions, and uh, they're just something that's, that's part of our lives, whether we're aware of them or not. I was watching uh, one of my favorite movies as we get close to Christmas. It's kind of a tradition with me. It's a Wonderful Life with uh, Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed. And, uh, you know, just a classic movie about an angelic intervention, which uh, literally saved George Bailey, Jimmy Stewart's life, and changed his life, to be sure. Do angels react, in your opinion, like that? Oh, absolutely. I think there are countless stories throughout the ages of I was crossing the street and a car was coming around the corner and I didn't see it and some man pushed me out of the way and then when I got up and I went to thank him, nobody was there. Or I ran over a dog or a, or a child, God forbid, and, and all of a sudden this, this person came and helped me lift the car up or... There's just all oh, amazing stuff. stories like that. 
When we take calls with you next hour, perhaps we'll get some of those stories again for us, Julie, in addition to questions for you. I've always seen like a cat or a dog kind of look into the emptiness of space, looking and gazing as if they were looking at something. What are they looking at? Are they looking at angels? Oh, yeah, or spirits. Or spirits. Loved ones that are around, and cats and dogs sometimes will just be laying on the couch or, or laying on the floor, and you'll watch their little heads turn from side to side as if they're watching somebody cross the room. And the people in the room can't see anybody, but, boy, the spirit sure can. Absolutely. Yes, it's very common. Now, are the spirits or the uh, angelic uh, entities trying to communicate with the animal? Or is it more of, shh, we're here, be quiet? Uh, I think it may be a combination of both. I think they just can see them and sense them. You know, animals have such a heightened sense of, smell and vision and hearing. Dogs can hear things far off way better than humans and certainly their sense of smell. So I think their senses are perhaps more acute and they're able to sense spirit. Can they communicate with us or do they communicate with the angels? How do they do that? Absolutely. They communicate telepathically. I talk to pets all the time. And it's a riot what they say, George. The thing that I hear the most from dogs, you're going to love this, is can you please use scent-free laundry detergent and fabric softener? (laughs) The other stuff bothers them, huh? Well, their sense of smell is so acute that you've got lilac-scented all-temperature cheer detergent or something. Throughout the whole house, right? Enough with the lilac, yeah. That's funny. That's funny. What about dogs that are a little more vicious to humans? Do they have the same kind of angelic intervention? Well, I think dogs that are vicious are just afraid. They're in fear. A lot of them maybe have been abused. Sure, that's true. They come, they come from a place of fear. And, uh, and I think it's not so much the dogs have angelic uh interventions. I think it's the humans that have angelic interventions when there's a fierce dog around. There's a great book by Shirley MacLaine, Out on a Limb. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever read that. Shirley MacLaine, yeah. the actress and entertainer, and she was doing the Santiago Trail in Spain, and she came upon a pack of wild dogs, and she was able to communicate with them telepathically, and through her heart energy, she just sent them love. And they, they just let her pass with no problem. Yeah, she's very metaphysical, isn't she? Mm-hmm. She's fabulous. She's into all of this, to be sure. Now, with with the book that you wrote for children, what do you like, or what would you expect them to get from the book? Well, one of the main things in the whole Angel Messages series for children is that there is spirit inside a body, And so in the book, it talks about the dog like you, or your dog like you, was a spirit before he became a dog, a human dog, and then chose the family that would love him. And so the other big message in this series, George, is that we can communicate with spirits that are alive, and we can communicate with spirits that are deceased, even the dogs. Because children lose dogs, and it's really hard. I mean, heck, it's hard for adults, let alone kids. 
and that their spirits are still around us and we can communicate with them, even though the grown-ups can't see them or hear them, children oftentimes can. Is this the same as a cat? Yes. Cats will do the same thing. They, they seem sometimes a little more perceptive than even a dog. Yeah, I think it depends on the animal. I hear stories of both. And I've witnessed it with my own dogs, where, where we'll be watching TV, my husband and I, George, and the dog's head, like I said, will just move, and like they're watching somebody cross the room. It's really, it's really a riot. I think people say that to me a lot. They'll say, oh, my God, I think my dog can see dead people. And I'll say, they probably can. Tell me about it. And that's normally what I hear. Next hour, we'll get into the 12 phases of transition that you talk about and uh also your ability as a psychic. What do the angels want with an animal, specifically a dog? What, what, what is their rationale for dealing with them? I don't know that they deal with dogs that much. I think they are more human-centered. Like I mentioned before, I think if there's a situation with an animal that gets a little tricky at times, they're there to intervene with the human. But in the book, I just use it as a fun thing they're puppies and kids. I mean, there isn't anything that's cuter than that. And so it's a way to communicate the spirit stuff, as I mentioned, with helping moms to uh, describe and, and teach their kids that really they have these intuitive abilities. We all come in with them. We're all hardwired for intuition. We've all had somebody that we think of, and then they either call us or we run into them or they'll send us an email or a text and we'll say, oh my gosh, I was just thinking of you. And uh, you think, what a coincidence. Well, no coincidence. None. Your intuition exactly in play there. And I think it gives these, this series of books gives parents a way to help children understand that they can see spirits and they can communicate with them. What's most common, George, is especially in our Western society, little children most little children can see spirits up to the age of about six or seven when somebody, if it's a parent or a grandparent or another adult, an authority figure will say, oh, honey, that's just your imagination. That's not real. And then they shut down their intuitive abilities. Well, if they keep developing their intuitive abilities and utilize them, how can that help them in their lives in, in immeasurable ways? When, when you deal with the angels... Do you have to do anything special to communicate with them? I raise my vibrational level to the level of spirit, George, because we're all spirits attached to a body having a human experience. And when we're attached to a body, we vibrate more slowly simply because the body has mass. So it takes me a nanosecond. I turn my abilities on and off. I don't walk around scanning people. I don't think that's ethical, number one. It's none of my business, number two. And number three, I don't really want to know what's going on. So I I turn my, my uh, intuitive abilities up. I ramp them up to the level of spirit. It's like the radio stations that you're broadcasting on are on a megahertz of a frequency, basically, mm-hmm. right? And, and it's the same thing. Spirit communicates at a very high frequency, and I've learned how to, to raise my, my body's vibrational level to that level so I can communicate with spirit, and that's what I teach people to do from all over the world. The only prerequisite to take my class is you've got to speak English. In, in order for you to get into this mode of communication, do you need to do anything special for yourself? 
No, not at this stage. What I teach not anymore. Imagine, at least, huh? not any, no, it's like driving a car. You just get in and do it. But uh, what I teach is imagine a geyser of energy coming from the core of the earth, shooting up through your feet and up through the top of your head. And that helps raise the vibrational level. Another really fun way to raise the vibrational level that I teach, too, is the Superman pose or the Superwoman pose. Mm -hmm. And and actually, a Harvard professor named Amy Cuddy did research on this. You could She has a TED Talk that anybody can see online. And what she found was when you stand in that pose for a minute or so, you raise your vibrational level, and it helps you lower your your cortisol levels, so your anxiety levels, and it helps you raise your dopamine levels, your feel-good levels. So I've spoken in front of great big audiences over my career as a businesswoman, and you better believe before I go on stage in front of a thousand people with double jumbo trends, I'm in the ladies' room in the stall doing the superwoman pose yeah. <laughs> you know, to, to get all my brain chemicals. Get your, get your so going. That's a really good place. Yeah. When uh, when when people are in this this kind of mode, I keep thinking of Whoopi Goldberg in the movie Ghost, where she was just a channeler. Uh, do yeah. you do you does that happen to you too, where they enter your body? No, I have conversations with them, but no, I have conversations with spirit, and every spirit has their own frequency. Like back to your radio station, sure. And and they keep those frequencies, it's been my experience, they keep those frequencies throughout all of their lifetimes. We live thousands and thousands, if not more, lifetimes, all of us, our spirits. And so our heads are like big satellite dishes, George, and we, when we think of somebody that's deceased, whether it's somebody we knew or not, immediately they come in. You, who do you want to talk to? Your dead grandma? You want to talk to Aristotle? You want to talk to Mother Teresa? It doesn't matter. When you think of that, that person who lived, who's deceased now, it tunes your satellite dish head to their frequency and they come in immediately. It's kind of like Bewitched, the TV show. Do you, do you wiggle your nose? Out. Yeah, you could wiggle your nose. But you know, Samantha Stevens, I used to wish I could be Samantha Stevens when I grew up, and now I am. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. Be careful she what you wish for. Of, <laughs> that's right. She would think of, she would yell mother, and then Dora would come in, or she'd yell Uncle Arthur, and he would be in immediately. I swear whoever had this, wrote this screenplay for that show knew woo-woo and uh, incorporated a lot of it into the, the script. So that's how it works. Our heads are big satellite dishes, and we receive and transmit frequencies. So any entity that ever lived, whether you knew that or them or not, you can communicate telepathically with them just by thinking of them. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.